Hello, Joy Sounds listeners. It's Chris. Sorry to sound like an NPR commercial, but Joy Sounds is made possible by listeners like you, and we are so grateful. If you enjoy this podcast and you are like me and feel it's important to give emerging artists high-quality opportunities to showcase their work, I hope you consider supporting Joy Sounds. All you have to do is visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash joysoundsmusic. That's patreon.com slash joysoundsmusic. From there, you can sign up for any level of support that works best for you. All proceeds go towards the costs of producing Joy Sounds, so any amount will be directly supporting this important platform for new music. Thank you so much for your consideration and for your support. Now let's get on with today's episode. Welcome to Joy Sounds, music you need to know, presenting the brightest emerging and breaking artists. This podcast is about who's next and who you will want to follow. And who knows, you might discover your next favorite artist. Here's your host, Chris Sampson. Thank you, and welcome to the first Joy Sounds episode of 2020. I hope everybody had an amazing holiday and that you're all looking forward to a great new year. One thing I love about Joy Sounds is the wide range of music we present, and today's episode stretches it even further. Our guest is Nick Campbell Destroys, the solo project of extraordinary bass player Nick Campbell. Armed with an offbeat sense of humor, Nick's music is improvisatory, but you can't call it jazz and his tunes have a traditional song structure, but you certainly can't call it pop. So what is it? Or does it even matter? I'll let you decide. Nick, along with bandmates Jacob Mann and Kristen Newman, performed three songs live from the Joy Sound studio. They performed Drinking Gin at Arby's, Promise, and Tribal Violence is My Love Language. From the titles alone, you already know this won't be a typical Joy Sounds episode. So open your mind and your ears. This is Drinking Gin at Arby's by Nick Campbell Destroys on Joy Sounds.
That was Nick Campbell Destroys performing Drinking Gin at Arby's. And we welcome to the Joy Sound Studio Nick Campbell and Jacob Mann, along with Christian Human on drums. Welcome, you two. Thanks, yeah, for, thanks having for having us, us. man. Yeah, this, is, this awesome. is my pleasure. My pleasure. Drinking gin at Arby's. Yeah. This autobiographical. Uh, I, I prefer <laughs> not to comment on uh, ongoing no uh, litigations that I, I can't, can't really discuss in public. You know? <laughs> no, I've actually never been to Arby's. So this is... Uh, never been to Arby's? Never been to Arby's. That's there's, a disgrace. Yeah. <laughs> there's, this, uh, there's this really good Twitter account called Nihilist Arby's. It's basically the only thing I follow on Twitter. I'm not really like a Twitter fan. I'd recommend it to everybody. You've never been to Arby's. Then you've also never drank gin at Arby's. Yeah. I should mention uh, from that last performance of drinking gin at Arby's, Nick Campbell was on bass and Jacob Mann was on keyboards. And this is the project Nick Campbell destroys. What are we destroying, Nick? All music. Wow. <laughs> this is an ambitious project. <laughs> I mean, but you, you really do want to do something distinctive. Yeah, I mean, I think Jacob and I probably have like very similar, at least sort of similar experiences. Mm-hmm. Just like coming out of like the music academia world right. and playing on with different pop singers and writing like songs that aren't jazz and then spending a lot of time in like jazz school sort of settings. Yeah. I mean, I never really felt like I belonged in a scene anyway, so Yeah, yeah. To me, this is sort of just like a synthesis of all of the things that I like. I love, actually, that it's a response to sort of the academic setting of jazz and even music school. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm, I'm certainly steeped in the academy, but I also know that it's at its best when people sort of take that and then start to actually completely shatter those expectations and break those, uh, mm. break the rules and everything. So yeah. I, I'm, I'm oddly, paradoxically... A huge fan <laughs> of the idea of this sort of response to what was probably, you know, pretty regimented sure. and, uh, you know, pretty pretty straight ahead. It served yeah. a purpose, but I, I, I love this response, too. Yeah, and I think, like, I've spent a lot of time, like, as a sideman with, like, different pop singers and stuff like that and, like, around a lot of people in the, like, quote-unquote music industry. And I've always sort of felt like I've had this sort of, like, dualist background where I've, like, been in rock bands and, and play, like, very non-academic kind of music, which yeah. I really love. And I also grew up like listening to tons and playing tons of jazz. As I've gotten like more, worked more in the music industry, I've always felt like coming to like figure out like what people's values are has sort of like been a very unfun experience for me. Yeah. I've always sort of felt like the, like at least right now, like the modern top 40 thing, like doesn't really care that much about the music and like jazz doesn't really care that much about the audience. Like obviously those are very general statements and there's Mm -hmm. lots of people who aren't like that. I've sort of like had a, I think like a tough time trying to figure out like what, uh-huh. what, like which, which on each extreme where the, where, yeah. where can you have a role in all of that? Yeah. yeah. And mm-hmm. I think like humor and like irony can sort of be used as like kind of like a destructive force in a good way that sort of breaks down the barriers between like the audience and yeah. like the performer, which I like. So I've added, we both, both Jacob and I and, and Christian too are, are all buddies with like the guys in Wolfpack. And I think like they've done that really well. So it's like, I, I, I think that's sort of like what I've been experimenting with, with these, these yeah. songs. But I love that because this is, it can be high art, extremely heady music, but you're not taking any of this too seriously. Oh yeah. Mm. I mean, well, music is stupid. So like, that's probably <laughs> why. <laughs> That'll be the quote of the show. <laughs> music is stupid. Yeah. <laughs> No, but I, I actually love that because we've got, I have, I work with so many people that it's just, it, it almost becomes kind of life or death, you know, and you see this level of investment, which again is admirable. They, they, they invest yeah. so much, 
But uh, yeah, if you're going to play this sort of high art, heady things, you might as well uh, have a good time with yeah, it at the right. same time. You know? I think there's a big difference too between taking like your art very serious. Like I take the craft and the art of music very seriously. Right. And not every song I write is a joke, but I, I definitely like don't take myself very seriously. And I think those things are often conflated in a lot of musical settings in a way that yeah. I find like not super helpful. There's this scene now in LA that the two of you are um, very active in that also sort of takes on that ethos, you know, knower, et cetera. That it's yeah, just like, sure. this is fun, um, but also it's music making it at an extremely high level, right? I mean, something I realized is that, oh, if music is not perfect or pristine, then there's so many other things that it can be. Like yes. this whole world of possibility opens up like, oh, it can be kind of funny. It can yeah. express totally different feelings. It can be like, I don't know, a small Zoom recorder in a garage right. or something. Right. Like that is a completely different expression than sort of the highest form of audio quality and things like that. Did it take you a while to sort of undo the absolute need for it to be perfect and pristine? Yeah, I definitely feel like it took me a while. I was definitely sort of like a perfectionist up yeah. until maybe I was like in my early 20s. And honestly, the thing that kind of unlocked, I was actually just talking to somebody about this. So the thing that sort of unlocked the like need for perfection for me, I think, was like making mistakes in very high pressure environments and like being okay afterwards. Yeah, surviving them. Yeah. Yeah. And and then also like playing with people that I really respected and then watching how they made mistakes. Then after a while, I just sort of like stopped thinking about it. I mean, there are obviously like certain things that it's like if you make certain kinds of mistakes, then you have to like redo takes or whatever. Of course, yeah. But yeah, yeah, and I don't think like perfection is like a very good goal unless you're like a really high level like classical musician or something like that. I think it sort of doesn't have a lot to do with like what you have to say, especially like when if you're doing like improvised music or writing songs. Like some of my favorite bands all of their recordings like sound a little fucked up and like that's uh -huh. sort of the vibe. Like I'm like a mm. huge Pixies fan and like that's, the, I remember the first time I heard Doolittle, it was like the, the pocket was like so sloppy that I was like, <laughs> I like, couldn't deal with it. Right. And then the more I listened to it, I was like, oh wait, I love this. Like this is one of my favorite <laughs> yeah. records ever. Uh, let me in on your compositional process because there's a lot going on. I wrote Drinking Gin at Arby's with Andres Matson from Moonchild. Sure. Because we were on a gig together and he started playing that vamp coming out of another tune and I voice memoed it and then wrote the whole thing around it. Promise I wrote by myself when I was on tour in Germany. And then Tribal Violence is My Love Language. I wrote with Eric Bradloff. Okay. Be for our punk band that we used to have called Neil Young to Grass Tyson. <laughs> <laughs> but if I recall, you wrote the instrumental version while we were sharing a hotel room in Saugus, oh, Massachusetts. Yeah, that is true. Yeah. There's a thread here <laughs> of you writing while on the road. Being on the road spark anything? Or is that just how you're occupying some downtime? To me, it depends how you travel on the road. Sure. I need like a lot of space to write well. And all of these tunes, although we're just like playing them trio today, they're all they're not really like they're all songs. So they're all like like mm -hmm. they they all have lyrics and stuff, and and when I like properly record these in the studio and make a record, so singers are going to be singing them for the most part. I cannot wait, yeah, to hear the lyrics of "Drinking Gin at Arby's." That's some nice I had no <laughs> idea that they, these are the, this also has a lyric component. Too. Oh, some next level shit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I mean, it, it goes back to like again, kind of what we were talking about, just like the the kind of the unity of all the things that I like. They're very much like song form structures. None of them are like. They, they don't really resemble like typical like modern jazz right. tunes right? because they're designed to have singers. And all of the melodies for these ones 
I sort of intentionally wrote so they could either be played, the melodies could either be played or sang and they'd both be interesting. Okay. Um, that was like sort of my goal, at least for that. Oh, that's that awesome. Kind of stuff. So that way I could like play it in any context and you could do whatever you want um, with the structure that's there. So you already brought up Promise. Yes. And that's the the next song that I'm going to ask the three of you to play, if that's yeah. okay. And this yeah. this one is a real departure from the, the other two. So this is like your your slow jam tune. Yeah, so this tune I wrote for a, for the band that Jacob and I have called Shrek is Love. So this is a Shrek is Love song, which sort of has this like funny cult following amongst like yeah. jazz school trolls. Uh, I think it's the best way I can describe. Very cult. Very, very cult. The, the whole thing about that band... So all of the songs chronologically fit the plot line of the first Shrek movie. Uh, but because it's modern jazz and we're like always on tour and never here, we've only gotten through like the first third of the movie and we've made like two EPs and every song is like seven minutes long. Uh, and so this is the one that I wrote, one of the ones that I wrote by myself when I was on tour. And we have a version of it out on Spotify on our, out on our second EP called Shrek is Love Volume 2, Steps to the Castle. So this is Nick Campbell Destroys Performing Promise on Joy Sounds. Thank you. 
Okay, that was Promised by Nick Campbell Destroys. Hanging out with you. You've developed a Nick Campbell vocabulary that I think is uh, now now starting to become absolutely part of the music canon uh, here. <laughs> yeah, right? I mean, you can't hang out with Nick without getting some new sort of references and, yeah. and vocabulary. I guess if I have a formula for disseminating the way I speak to other people, I steal phrases that I like, <laughs> and then I bludgeon people with them as frequently as possible, usually because if I'm around them, I like don't really like go out and hang out that much. So it's usually like I'm on a gig or a tour with somebody and just through repeated exposure, it becomes uh, people sort of like through osmosis incorporate them into their own own vocabulary. It's your motif. Yeah, I'm like a vocabulary virus that is incurable. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Jacob knows. Yeah, I was about to say, Jacob, what are some of your favorites? Definitely true. I mean, I remember early, early on, almost 10 years ago when I first met Nick, he was at that time going by Thor. That was his name. Right, right. Yeah. Um, and so then the earliest one I remember is Dorbs. Yeah. Something was oh, adorable. Yeah. D-O-R-B-Z. Dorbs. Something yeah. was adorable or really anything. It would be <laughs> Dorbs. Yeah. And so then naturally, Thorbs formed. And uh, But of course. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So Thorbs was born. And then I feel like rigorous and sensitive which are opposites to describe music and life situations, <laughs> sort of came in around the same time. Yes, a situation like, oh, that solo was rigorous. <laughs> the, the troll for me, for the most part, one, I just like being able to impose my will on people. Um, <laughs> yeah, where did Please Respect My Art come from? Oh, uh, well, that, that I just sort of came up with as like a funny Instagram hashtag because of just like art school, jazz school right, stuff right, right. where it's that's like, that's like a whole ethos of just yeah, like making yeah, something yeah. that's like completely inaccessible yeah. and, and just expecting people to just deal with it. <laughs> <laughs> Which I, like, I'm like really into that. And the other thing too I like about the sort of language trolling is 
you most of the time when I just I just like talk like that automatically at this point. It's like right. not it's right. not a conscious process. But most of the time people just like nod their heads and accept what I'm saying without ever really knowing what I'm talking about. And just will just go with it. It's sort of my favorite part is no matter who you're talking to, whether it's a person you've known for 10 years or a person you've just met that day, <laughs> you'll say the same things in the same way yeah. to all of them. Yeah, <laughs> that's the troll. It's pretty incredible. But someone was telling me, it's like, yeah, man, I always know when someone's hung out with you because they'll just be like, oh, yeah, modal, dude. And it's like they know. <laughs> it's like they've been like it's in- contagious, man. They've been initiated into my cult. Oh, I didn't realize it was a cult, but now it's starting to make well, sense. Well, I guess, you know, yeah. you're not supposed to call a cult a cult. So I guess I kind of ruined it. But I know that you guys are really busy with a whole variety of different projects. So Jacob, what are you into? I've been touring a lot recently with this band called Knower, Lewis Cole and Genevieve Artati. Absolutely. Great yeah. musicians. Yeah. Um, I've been playing some with Nick, with um, a great singer named Michael Mayo, who's the singer in Shrek is Love, but he's now doing his own solo okay. project. That's super fun. And then I've been working on my own. I have sort of a trio situation called Max Ox. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. And we all went to school together at USC. But since then, we've all been going around touring with different people. And so later this month, actually, we're going to record a couple tunes for the first time in Great. a couple years, which I'm excited about. Yeah. And then I also write big band music which is definitely a passion project for me. Yeah. Just getting my friends together, 17 people, and recording some tunes. And it's been really fun. We've done a couple EPs. And, and I feel like one of the good parts about L.A. is you can keep it super varied. I can come and play Nick's hilarious music one day and then play a pop gig the next day and then a straight-ahead jazz gig. And so that keeps it fresh for me. And Nick, I also see you all over the place, too. Yeah, lately I've been doing a lot other than just like my own thing, which I'm trying to spend more time doing. Um, it's sort of like a new pro. I mean, a lot of these songs aren't super new. Some of them are new, but sort of like a new pro. I've been in a lot of bands, and it's nice to kind of just like kind of focus on just doing things myself, which has right. been really something I've been focusing on. Just because like the opportunity to go, I could just like book stuff and call up friends, right? And yeah, make sure. things happen. I've been doing a lot of stuff uh, with the bands Pomplamoose and Scary Pockets. Yeah, They're like big YouTube bands, and yeah. I got some gigs coming up with them at, in the at the end of the winter, January and February. It feels like I don't even want to call it jazz. It's not even quite the, but it's it's had this resurgence in a scene here in Los Angeles. Maybe the blue whale has contributed to that. You know, oh, that definitely. We've, we've gotten yeah. we've gotten a little bit more of a destination for this kind of music. Totally. Well. Yeah. I think there are a few things that probably have to do with that. I, I think that there's like a kind of an exodus of people leaving New York and moving here, which has been really good for mm-hmm. like kind of more improvised instrumental music. And I think kind of something that Jacob was speaking to about LA being sort of a center where you can do a lot of different things. And there's like it's so much geographical space for people that unlike, yeah. I mean, I haven't ever lived in New York, but just in my time there, it seems like people are so on top of each other that there's not a lot of community that's more competitive mm-hmm. than LA is, even though LA is extremely competitive. There's sort of this like other scene that is opened up primarily just through like people finding all of the LA session musicians who are now making their own yes. music online, which is sort of like breathes a bunch of life into the scene yeah here, that's true that's true they're getting followers in different ways and people appreciating that they can have their level of virtuosity and that they can play yeah you know, that's really coming out yeah and so i think a lot of people are making music that it kind of i mean i think what i'm kind of interested in too is, is just taking music from all of these different experiences and trying to make something 
where you can sort of like express your individuality. Yeah. I mean, I definitely hear that in all of Jacob's music. That's for nowhere sure. has that going on. Like there are a lot of bands that are mm. doing that right. And now. as you can tell, I was even hesitant to use the word jazz in it. I mean, because the the genre labels are starting to not make a whole lot of sense. Right. Yeah. I don't know the word for it. The word in Korean for jazz, it directly that the word they use for jazz directly translates to boundless music. Oh, I love that. Which I think is so cool. I can't yeah. remember the word off the top of my head. Yeah. But it's like that's kind of what it's all about. I also think like people talk a lot about like the post genre world. Yeah. And I think that's like sort of a misleading term in some ways because I, I think, and I, I don't know, Jacob, if you relate to this experience, having gone through music school and done a lot of sessions, but I've always thought of, of genre as like vocabulary, like not as identity. And so for me, all of these like terms all apply to like different vocabularies that you can draw upon. But I think people are so used to thinking of genre as like an identity. That I think right. those distinctions are falling right, apart. And I think right. most people are thinking about genre as vocabulary more than they're thinking about that's it as identity. Which I think is sort of, I, I mean, that's sort of the way I hear music anyway. Yeah. So I like it. But That makes sense. I mean, I'm confronted with that whenever someone says, who are you on tour with? And I say, oh, this band, Knower. They go, oh, what kind of band? And if anyone's heard the music, they know it's hard to put sort of one genre label on That's it. That's for sure. Yeah. So yeah. I'm still struggling with what I reply right. to that. And they put on big rock shows or what would sort of visually and sort right. of how they come across, it's a big rock show. Yeah, and, they but, draw from jazz, funk, EDM, pop, yeah. rock elements. It's like, I don't know what to say. Right, right. And that's actually... Awesome. Yeah. Nick, I love that insight. I like yeah. I love the insight. I hadn't thought of it that way. Is is that without question there's traditions and vocabulary, musical vocabulary that people can now access. Yeah. But it doesn't necessarily it's it's separated from the actual outcome of yeah. of the, the the creation itself, which we don't necessarily have to slap a label on. Yeah, and it makes sense too in terms of like how people consume music primarily now. Because it, it makes sense like in a in a context where like you're going to Tower Records and you need to like classify things because you have like physical copies of things that people have to find easily. Right. That identity would correlate more highly with genre, especially because information was harder to access at that time. But now That's it's like sure. you can get anything whenever you want and right. it doesn't even it's sort of like incoherent to like think about genres in the in in this sort of like narrow yeah. sense but it's still it's still very much there i mean most of the music that people describe to me is like when someone like pop producer friends of mine listen to this it's like oh yeah this is like total post-genre stuff and it's like man this is just like a ripping off motown like i don't know what you're talking <laughs> but with like samples so i mean i guess it's post-genre in the sense that it's not top 40 pop music yeah right but it's like just something else and that's fine I think like once once I I got to a point in my development where I I could start like speaking for real in music the whole concept of music being vocabulary primarily and a language it just like really clicked with me and I think that's all it's ever really been I'd love to hear more about the titles of your tunes Oh sure how how do we get to the how do we come <laughs> up with these titles cuz um these are these are pretty striking. We've uh, already heard you pl- uh, perform "Drinking Gin" at Arby's. Promise, that's pretty tame. Yeah, that's that pretty, one's pretty middle of the road. <laughs> well, I have yeah, to say. Yeah, man. that I, that one, well, just because it's like about the Shrek movie, you know, it works for the context. It of, does. Uh, okay, you're right. You're absolutely right. It's got got a multiple meaning. But the song that you are going to perform to close out the show today is "Tribal Violence Is My Love Language." Yeah, I wrote this song with 
at least the lyrics with Eric Radloff, who is an amazing songwriter. We've written a lot of music together. And I had I was on tour with Jacob. We were doing like a pop tour. And I had just read the brothers Karamazov when I was on tour. And there's this store, like this segment of it called the Grand Inquisitor, which is like, I mean, it's about a lot of things, but the premise, it's sort of about like a religion that kills its God to save its religion is like kind of the mm. thing. So that's like sort of uh, what the song is about in terms of like different sort of like political cults in the United States. And I, nice. I will just like leave it at that for that for this moment. Yeah, but, yeah, but there's um, a there's a there's a deep yeah, that literature one, reference. That here. one's actually like about stuff, yeah. but I can't stop trolling. So everything just <laughs> comes out that way. I remember I was like talking to a, a, a singer I used to tour with sometimes and she asked me if I could like play music seriously anymore. And I, I actually like don't think I can. Like I remember Is that right? Yeah, I think it's like all become a joke to me, sort of. And not in a bad way, because I like I like that. It's fun. Yeah, it's fun. As far as I can tell, you guys are having a great time. Yeah. 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 And it's not disrespect. I'm not feeling any disrespect <laughs> for your art or anything. You're just having fun. Yeah. Well, yeah, I would hope that you didn't disrespect my art. No, you know? I wouldn't. That's, that's wouldn't, sort of uh, wouldn't dare. anathema to my whole thing. Well, Nick Campbell, Jacob Mann, along with Christian Newman, it's been such a pleasure. Thank you guys for doing this. Oh, thanks for having us. Yeah, man. Yeah. so fun. Yeah, yeah. And we're going to invite Christian back for you guys to uh, close out the show with one more tune. So this is Nick Campbell Destroys playing Tribal Violence Is My Love Language to close out this episode of Joy Sounds. Thanks, Nick. Thanks, Jacob. Thank you, Christian. We'll talk to you guys soon. You got it. Yeah.
Be sure to subscribe and follow Joy Sounds wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, follow us on all social media platforms using the handle at Joy Sounds Music. Are you an artist who would like to be on the show? Visit the contact page of our website at joysoundsmusic.com for more information. Until next time, this is Joy Sounds, music you need to know.